Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you found your primary resource for some of the industry's best education. My partner, DeWalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome to episode 12. This is going to be a much deeper dive into the proposed tax law changes. I'm gonna be joined on today's podcast by Eric Doring, and Eric is a partner with the Burr and Foreman Law Firm, one of the largest law firms in the Southeast. He's a business lawyer with the skills of a tax litigator and has over 35 years of experience. He was also an attorney with the IRS Office of Chief Counsel and the U.S. Department of Justice in their tax division. He also has a master's in tax law from New York University. Eric is a wealth of information. He is going to go deep into a number of different areas. And a lot of this is more specificity than much of what I have read recently. Suffice to say, you're going to get a lot out of today's episode. Make sure to have your pad and pen ready. There's gonna be a lot you wanna write down. I would also suggest brewing another cup of that awful Keurig coffee. We're ready to roll on the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. So welcome everyone once again to the Polaris Healthcare Partners Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I'm Perrin Desports and I'm your host. And as I said in the introduction, I'm really privileged to be joined today by Eric Doring, who is a partner at the Burr and Foreman Law Firm. Uh, as I said in the introduction, Eric is an expert in all areas of, of tax. And I think the conversation that we started several sessions ago on the podcast about some of the looming tax law changes we're going to dig into from an attorney's perspective today. Eric has a wealth of experience and we are truly honored to have him for a few minutes of his time on the podcast today. Eric, do you want to say a warm welcome to our audience? Thank you, Perrin. Pleased to be with you uh, and those who are going to be uh, viewing the podcast. Uh, this is a uh, this is a difficult area, a major tax law change, but I look forward to kind of discussing it and reviewing it with you. Yes, suffice to say, it's a pretty complicated topic, as we've talked about, Eric. And uh, on the format of today's podcast, um, uh, I don't think we're going to get to everything. <laughs> but uh, for our audience, we will try to get to the the highlights um, and the key points for our group dental practice owners to think about and consider um, as they evaluate some of the changes that may be uh, coming down the pike. There's, there are a lot of things that are uh, fast in motion and things do change um, uh, frequently from the Washington perspective. So as we are recording this on Friday, July the 23rd, we'll post it uh, within the next week or so for distribution. And of course, things could have very well changed by that time. So um, suffice to say, Always consult your CPA and your tax advisor attorney, especially um, before you do make any changes. So, Eric, let's 
let's maybe take it from the top here. You know, President Biden um, has put forth, a, I think, what a lot of people would consider to be a comprehensive tax package, however you define comprehensive. It's big. It's wide ranging. Uh, and if these laws are, in fact, passed, how do you and your team uh, see them in terms of their impact and how they're going to affect dentists and their practices? Yes, Perrin. Uh, thank you. Um, what we'll address is President Biden's uh, proposal for changing our federal tax laws. Um, this is not something unique. Every, every president does the same. President Trump did that, and President Obama before him, and almost every administration since the country was formed. Uh, but these changes that are being proposed now by uh, President Biden and, of course, our democratically controlled Congress, that is an apolitical observation. It's a fact. Um, uh, just as it was a Republican-dominated Congress when President Trump uh, was in. Uh, the, the changes are substantial if they are passed. Now, right now, they're in the proposal stage, and they are going through the political sausage-making process in Washington. But um, they, uh, as we'll discuss probably a little later in the podcast, there is a significant likelihood many of these proposals will become law, will be adopted by Congress. Um, President Biden uh, formally introduced his tax law proposals back in April, May time period, and they are summarized in something called the United States Treasury Green Book, the Green Book. There was a Green Book for President Trump's changes. There was a Green Book for President Obama's, et cetera. And it's a, a comprehensive summary, uh, very lengthy, very thick text about the proposals the president wants to become law and that his administration, working with Congress, will try to advance. Um, there are significant changes, substantial changes, indeed changes, Perrin, that I haven't seen in a half a century. So some of these will be, if passed, groundbreaking and will change how our dental practice clients do business, quite frankly. It, it, it will be major change, not just when they file a tax return and pay a tax bill, but how they do business. It will change. Um, we'll, it's, we're going to hit the high points, quite frankly, and really focus on changes to our dental practice clients, our dentists, doctors, and their practices. Um, first of all, we'll talk about, first, the magnitude of the changes are in the taxes and the rates. Right now, um, the present capital gain rate, courtesy of President Trump, is for corporations, C-corporations, is a fixed 21%. Uh, it's the lowest that rate has been in for many years. Uh, President Biden, in his proposal, uh, has proposed to raise that from 21 to 28%. Not horrific, but high. And in some congressional negotiations that are going on now, there have been discussions possibly of somewhere in the middle, 25 to 26% range, but we will have to see. Uh, the next major change, and this really doesn't affect our dental clients, Perrin, but it does affect, <laughs> it's, it's interesting, it does affect the Microsofts, Amazons, and everybody else in the world. President Biden has proposed to impose a minimum 15% corporate tax on the book earnings of very large corporations, meaning regardless of what you report on a tax return, uh, if you're reporting uh, profits in your, your corporate books and records, your financial statements, there's going to be a 15% minimum tax. 
Uh, there are broad proposals, Perrin, to eliminate incentives for fossil fuels and to add increased incentives for all alternative energy. Kind of, uh, quite frankly, a theme that has been continuing for the last two administrations. Um, the change in the income tax rates, Perrin, is not enormous, um, the top rate being uh, approximately 37%. The president's proposal is an increase at that top rate to 39.6, uh, which, by the way, was the top rate under President Obama. So kind of going back, that top rate would begin next year and other rates as they would graduate and go up. And that would apply for people file, married filing um, uh, joint returns at a little over 500 and uh, somewhat over 400 for unmarried individuals, married, you know, single. Uh, but those become interesting numbers, as we'll see as we go on, Perrin. Uh, President Biden has made a number of statements, public addresses, where he's used a $400,000 number and basically said that Americans, American families that earn less than 400000 probably shouldn't expect to see their taxes go up, and indeed at the lower margins, we'll see it go down. He's been quite clear, though. He wants to change that. And so whether 400000 is the new, uh, quote, middle class or not is to be seen. But as you get above 400000 the rates, 400000 500000 the rates are going to start going up and quickly. And there are thresholds of a million dollars where there are going to be major changes in our tax laws if these proposals are accepted. It, it's clear from his, his address and his public comments that he wants to change our system and to give uh, wage earners, employees um, a break. He wants to tax essentially wage income less, salary and wage income for workers. He wants to tax capital. He wants to tax investors. He wants to tax business. And that's how he's proposing to, to, uh, to approach his new tax laws. In, in, incidentally, uh, right now we're talking about end of July. There is a $1.2 trillion um, infrastructure bill pending in Congress where Congress is trying to work that out. And on its heels, uh, the Democrats in Congress have proposed a additional three point Five trillion, I call it 1.2 trillion, 3.5 trillion budget for the coming year. Um, we already have a deficit, meaning our debt in the United States, it's approaching 30 trillion dollars. The interest carrying cost every year is going to approach 10% of our budget, let alone payment of principal. The only way you reduce a, a deficit is to uh, cut spending and or increase taxes. And with the with the trillion dollar plus infrastructure bill, the new budget, it's just going to add to the um, the deficit. And there is no way to run it unless you're going to, uh, you know, print more money, issue debt or raise taxes. And that's where this is coming from. Um, so in addition to the increase in the individual income tax rates, parent, here's the I would consider the most staggering part of this proposal. He's going to eliminate long-term capital gains. Let's let that set in for a second. Right now, capital gains are taxed at the highest at 20% plus a separate 3.8% tax 
courtesy of President Obama. So capital gains generally are taxed up to 23.8%, a, a pretty low rate when your ordinary income rates are approaching 40. Well, he's proposing to eliminate that and tax capital gains the same as ordinary income, the same as wage income, the same as dividends and interest, the same every type of income. There will not be a capital gain preference. That is groundbreaking, quite frankly. Um, there are even part of his proposal, uh, and it's for Americans earning um, over a million dollars, half a million married filing separately, um, that the in addition to taxing um, capital gains at the highest income rate, which could be 39.6%, they're also going to subject that uh, capital gain to the 3.8% uh, tax, Med Medicare investment tax. So you will have a point, if this is adopted, that capital gains will be taxed at a higher rate than ordinary income. That's, I'm 62. That's never been anything like that in my life. And it will change everything our dentist, dental clients and their practices do. If your capital gains rates are higher than ordinary income, why invest? Why do things? It's a disincentive. The next major groundbreaking change uh, is, as we say, death and taxes, Perrin, um, is uh, to our uh, estate and gift taxes, near and dear <laughs> to the hearts of our dental clients, our owners. Um, right now, the rates are very favorable, uh, meaning the exclusions are very favorable. It's 11.7 million per person, 34, um, uh, uh, almost 34 million per couple. Um, excuse me, 24 million per couple. And um, uh, that applies to gifts during life and at death. So you use that amount per person, 11.7. You can give away 11.7 and not pay a state tax. And if you don't use that during your life at your death, 11.7 shields you from the estate tax. Well, um, President Biden has proposed to eliminate all of that and gifts made during the life and what you have at death will be taxed fully except for a $1 million exclusion. So essentially going from 11.7 down to $1 million. That's, that's amazing. The estate tax already does not uh, raise much money. It's a, it's a kind of political flashpoint between the Democrats and the Republicans where the Democrats want to retain it and the estate tax and subject more estates, and the Republicans will eliminate it altogether. It's been a constant drumbeat over the many years. Well, if President Biden uh, gets uh, what he's asked for or anything near it, it will change uh, substantially gifts, estates, and tax. There will have to be a lot of people going back to their estate planning lawyers to get their wills changed. Um, the other thing is at death, uh, uh, for your, for the benefit of our listeners, you know, when you die and you and your and your beneficiaries, your family get your assets, all capital gain right now is eliminated. It's called the step up in basis, meaning if 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 your father owned something worth a dollar and he died, and on his death it was worth ten, and that ten went to the son, that nine dollars in capital gain appreciation is eliminated from income tax. And the son can sell it the next day and not pay a dime. That's been a part of our income tax laws for years. Well, President Biden's proposal eliminates that. So that in that example where the father died 
uh, with an asset he bought for a dollar, it's worth 10. Well, that that carryover basis continues with the son now under his proposal. So the son, if the son sold it the day after the death, the son pays capital gains. And that hadn't been done in, in, in you know, decades and decades and decades. A really interesting aspect, uh, and it feels like we're the United States is, is approaching England and European countries with this. Um, I can only view this as a, an effort to break up estates. President Biden has proposed that if a if you have an appreciated asset um, uh, of a trust, a partnership, non-corporate entity owns any appreciated assets that have not been subject to a sale over a 90-year period, and for this purpose, that period begins January 1st, 1940, and ends December 31st, 2030, meaning if you haven't sold it or you haven't sold these assets and you've just been stockpiling them and appreciating them, on December excuse me, January 1st, 2031, the government will make this a deem for sale of all those assets and subject them to tax. That's, that's amazing, quite frankly, if it stands in any possibility of getting, getting proposed. Federal, uh, as you would imagine, given everything that's gone on with the pandemic, federal employment taxes are going up. Uh, additional taxes. In fact, employment tax is kind of a low-flying duck because, you know, people understand you pay employment taxes on your wages and, and your W-2 income, but many people think they don't have to pay employment tax on their business profits, right? President Biden wants to change that. With certain limits, uh, he is trying to subject all income of all partnerships, LLCs, S-corporations for our dental clients, most of, their, most of our dental clients' practice entities are in S corporations. Um, well, uh, he's going, he wants to subject all profit of all S corporations under the pathroofs, not just to the income tax, but to the employment tax and potentially with no cap. Meaning if you have a million dollars of profit coming out of your dental practice entity, you could be paying not just income tax on it, but you could be paying um, a, a hefty and increased employment tax called self-employment tax. Uh, so employment tax planning will be, be changed significantly. The type of entity you're in, the type of business you're operating uh, will, will be changed. Um, there are other changes dealing with our dental practice clients and how they, uh, the entities in which they uh, do business. Um, for many, many years, there are, as we all know, DSOs, management companies, forms of businesses that can be utilized uh, in connection with dental practice operating entities, usually S corporations, and uh, where uh, profits interests, unlike S corporations, you can't give a profits interest in an S corporation, but you can give an associate dentist, an associate doctor, profits interest in an LLC, a management company, um, a DSO. Well, previously, if you would give a profits interest, the the, the, associate, uh, the associate doctor who now becomes a, a member in this LLC and gets a profits interest, doesn't pay immediate tax for its value, uh, but will pay, obviously, tax on the profits he or she receives. Well, President Biden wants to change that. The second you get a profits interest, President Biden wants it to be valued and wants you to pay immediate tax on that. And then on the tax on the income you get later, meaning phantom income if you get a profits interest. 
So our, that will change a lot of what is in our industry with our dental service, dental practice clients. A um, couple of latter remaining points. Uh, President Trump eliminated 1031 treatment, meaning tax-free exchanges of property. You could sell your property, buy new property. Well, President Trump eliminated for personal property, and now President Biden wants to eliminate it for everything else. 1031 exchanges are on the chopping block. Um, in fact, uh, the proposed effective date for that, and we'll talk about effective dates in a moment, is next year. So uh, it, it, there are very few of my clients that have real estate that are not doing 1031 exchanges this year to close this year. Um, President Biden has thrown out a bone. He will allow uh, people to continue to do 1031s for real estate uh, uh, up to a million dollars in gain for married couples and half a million for uh, individual taxpayers. So that at least it's around, but for most significant commercial real estate transactions, it's effectively gone. The last point there I, I want to make, and, and this is not a substantive tax change, it's become a big part of the administration now, uh, and Congress seems to be receptive, is to substantially increase funding to the IRS for audits and tax enforcement. Um, and right now the IRS has about 75,000 employees. Well, the proposal is to double that and then even take their existing budget and close to doubling it. Um, and so that, um, if that gets passed, um, we are going to be seeing not only new and, and burdensome tax law changes, but a well-funded, increased funded and, and staffed IRS that's going to be going out and auditing all our dentists and, and their dental practices. That, that, that should concern everybody, Karen. Um, but that's kind of a highlight of, of the major tax law changes. There are a lot of specific changes, individual changes, child care credits, exemptions, the like. There are changes in the affordable housing industry and so many other things. But those, I think, I would like to be the high points that I think our, our dental practice clients need to focus on. That's, yeah, that, that's the summary. <laughs> and an excellent summary at that, Eric. Thank you very much. I, I did not want to interrupt you through that uh, because you were on a good pace and good cadence there. And, and I think really, you know, <laughs> as I'm listening to you speak, and I'm, I know that our audience is probably thinking the same as I am, and, and some will probably go back and re-listen to this couple of couple of key takeaways obviously there's going to be a significant impact on the way that people take money out of their businesses uh, that's first and foremost the second thing is uh, there's going to be a significant impact to echo your comment on the way people invest um, in their businesses and and other businesses i can't help but conclude that it's going to it's going to make people uh, uh, choose to make a, a lot of short-term decisions that may not be in in anyone's best interest and and maybe not even in the best interest of the macro uh, economy overall yeah. um and then of course how you transition businesses between generations um i've got personal experience with that and and this one um uh the gift in estate tax law changes um tends to have a much more punitive impact where people don't uh, quite understand um, where it can be applied and and what the the outcomes will be. I mean, the, the family farm scenario is uh, is first and foremost in my mind with with a lot of that. So 
excellent, um, excellent overview. One more point before I transition to my next question, and, and this is for our audience, which is that, you know, when we talk with uh, prospective clients, when we work with current clients um, or have the opportunity in, to engage with people, uh, not, not often enough does the subject come up around um, the quality of um, third-party representation from certainly taxes and legal perspective, um, but also from a financial planning um, uh, type of a perspective. And this is something that, uh, suffice to say, we, we want to see what the, the final, final outcome of, of all the proposed changes is going to be before it uh, gets enacted into law, before we start making a lot of changes, because we don't know what the outcome is going to be. But if there's one key point that you can take away from this entire discussion is that you do need to have a trusted third party that can guide you through a lot of this from uh, the tax law piece of it, um, uh, accounting and tax return standpoint, and certainly personal financial planning. If you can't solve for those three things with trusted uh, people, then then you're at a decided disadvantage and it will ultimately end up costing you probably a lot more money. Um, that being said, um, and, and you also mentioned earlier, Eric, that, you know, how the sausage is made in, uh, in, in DC. And that's a really good way of putting it. I, you know, from your crystal ball, if these tax laws are passed, I mean, any thoughts on when, uh, they may become effective? Yes, Perrin. Um, initially the green book, the formal green book issued by treasury does have proposed effective dates. The the, well, if there's any good news, uh, it's that the, most of the tax law changes are not going to be effective until beginning next year, meaning they would not affect what we are doing this year. And for instance, they would begin effective January 1st, 2022. Some others have even more delayed effective dates. And, and that's what you often see with major tax legislation. It can become effective on the date passed by Congress, which quite frankly may be sooner than January 1st, or a January 1st date, an effective, prospective effective date to let people plan, uh, or at least uh, with some notice of the changes before they all hit you. Uh, the lone exception, or, well, there are some minor ones, but the principal exception in President Biden's proposal is this elimination of capital gains taxes, the preferential rate. He already wants that to be effective going back to earlier this year the April-May timeframe, meaning meaning if this proposal is accepted, we are already operating in that change. We just don't know it yet. And, uh, and the Congress has had some success in passing retroactive law changes, including tax changes. This will not be the first time. But if it's passed, every one of us, you, me, all our clients, Perrin, particularly our, our, our good dental clients, if they are already trying to, to, to do sales and, and investment gains and everything that they think are going to be low capital gains, surprise, those taxes are going to be close to being doubled and are at the same rate. We, we all are, are hopeful as practitioners, as tax practitioners, that, these, that this will be something that hopefully President Biden will give on in the, the sausage making process of negotiating things with Congress. But for now, it's out there. Retroactive tax changes have, have been passed into law. And in our listeners, they absolutely need to consider this. 
Now, I, I think the majority, Perrin, quite frankly, most people say, ah, it'll never be passed. Don't worry about it. Or, or better, if it's passed, it'll be next year. And I will have the remainder of this year to get my tax house in order. Well, that, that may be. But right now, you're not even you're not even being given the chance is the point. Um, and for so many of our dental clients, capital gains is really important. I mean, 20, 23.8% federally, um, and as opposed to what, close to 40? I'd say huge difference, parent. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I do remember the first Clinton administration and their retroactive um, uh, tax uh, proposal that uh, became law and, and caught a lot of people unawares at the time until um, until they got doubled up on it. That that wasn't that wasn't a great period of time, and uh, for those of us making money and, and having to go back and, and pay that again. Um, so, you know, as we kind of transition from dates of effectiveness, I, again, this is purely speculative and crystal ball um, from your perspective, Eric. But you know, what do you think the likelihood is of these proposals becoming tax law? Everything is a negotiation in Washington. Um, and it's, you know, uh, I guess it would be prudent to say that both parties kind of stake out their position and then meet somewhere in the middle-ish. But from your from your lens, what do you think the likelihood of, of these things becoming law is? Uh, obviously, the perhaps the question of the day, Aaron. Um, in, in answering, you always have to look at history, look at history historically and current history. Um, President Trump, when he was elected in 2000, proposed his massive changes, and President Trump's administration had their Green Book. And the, the, the U.S. Treasury did the Green Book for President Trump's proposals. They came out in 17, and uh, but at the time, a Republican-controlled Congress. He got most of everything he wanted, and it became law in end of 2017, early 2018. Even President Obama, uh, a two-term president, but he um, had his major tax law changes that he proposed. And that was, he did not, the Democrats didn't control Congress. He got a lot of what he wanted and, quite frankly, was able to also pass the Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Now we have President Biden, a Democrat, and we have a democratically controlled Congress, a razor-thin edge to be sure. But just given past history, given the dynamics and cons how Congress is constituted with a Democrat in the White House, you have to handicap it that you're going to get a number of these tax changes. Not all of them. It's part of the legislative process. But um, I think there will be a substantial number of these changes, I think, will become law in one way or another. There will be compromise. It's part of our legislative process. Uh, Congress is right now trying to get the budget passed, but to get the budget, they have to figure out how they're going to pay for it, i.e. taxes. And so um, the, I, I believe that we're going to have major tax law change implemented in, in, by the end of this year, maybe for some things carrying over into first quarter next year. But say, as we're getting close to the next six or seven months, new tax law changes will become law. And then that's how I, I handicap it and view it uh, for the benefit, particularly parent for the benefit of our dental clients. Yeah, um, uh, I, I, <laughs> I would like to say that I, I, I don't 
uh, share too much optimism um, of it being otherwise. But um, I guess our audience can read between the lines on that. We're probably many of us are aligned in our thinking around uh, tax law and and uh, the benefits of entrepreneurship and, and group practice ownership. So, you know, Eric, uh, as you well know, our audience, uh, our core audience is um, entrepreneurs who do own group dental practices, and, and they're all in some phase of growth and scale um, and, and hopefully creating a lot of success for themselves. Uh, from your perspective and for the amount of uh, dentists, group dental practice owners, and even just healthcare providers in general, What's some of the guidance um, uh, that you're giving to, to some of your, your clients on uh, advice and, and um, counsel relative to some of these major tax law changes? Thank you, Perrin. Um, and we are presently uh, and began when the, quite frankly, when President Biden got elected, um, we began having very serious discussions with our, our dental practice clients way back when and when the Green Book, the president's proposals came out, those became even more um, extensive, the discussions. And we have many of our dental practice clients and many, many others that are actually engaged now in doing positive things, assuming some of this will become law or a significant portion of it will come becoming law. Uh, we have clients that are, are, are apoplectic parent about the changes in the gift and the state tax laws. And, and many of them are not willing to risk uh, waiting, quite frankly. Um, if you're taking you know, an $11.7 million gift in the state tax exemption and reducing it down to a million, um, it, uh, many of our clients are increasing their gifting strategies with their family members, their children, their spouses, others, to gift appreciated assets out to, to be able to utilize this larger credit right now and not subject it to tax. Uh, so there's a lot of already gift estate planning and particularly, particularly quite frankly, for our dental and, 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 and other healthcare clients. Now, they're active, many of them. Um, it is not a time to put your head in the sand. Um, there are issues, one of the most troubling is with S corporations. Um, I, I'm going to be issuing a blog in the coming weeks titled The Death of S-Corporations, question mark. And be, the principal reason for having an S-Corporation for our dental clients at the practice level entities, there are many restrictions, as we know. But the principal reason is um, a, a, a doctor can be the owner of the S-Corporation, and by the way, must be. You must have only doctors, dentists be owners under state law. But the doctor can be an owner, but can also be an employee. So the doctor, as long as he pays himself a reasonable wage, can pay himself a salary and gets withholdings, take, pays income tax and employment taxes out of that. But the profits of the S corporation, while subject to income tax, do not, you don't pay employment taxes on. That is the principal tax benefit for being in an S corporation with all its restrictions. And, um, now, however, the president wants to tax that. So the, the very reason for being in an S corporation, this employment tax benefit is about to be eliminated. Um, and so the greatest challenge is what to do. Oh, we'll just shift to another entity. Uh, if, if depending on the type of entity you change to, S corporations 
have to pay tax. They have to pay tax when they dissolve or change. For instance, if you wanted to take your S-corporation and change it to an LLC, it's tax time. That tax is paid on the appreciated assets, and that gain goes up to the goes up to the owner. And while normally capital gain, or a lot of it, well, they're going to eliminate capital gains too. So the conundrum is what to do now. Well, there are strategies, some of them more straightforward than others, to, to for lack of a better word, try to get people out of S-corporations. Um, and that's one of the main issues. One of the other big issues is profits interests. What about all of our associate dentists that, that were made profit partners in some of these entities? What now? What now? Are they just going to get a big tax bill? Um, or is it going to be retroactively changing? These changes to profits interests, which are also referred to as, quote, carried interests, um, um, it, it may be that we change how we provide incentive compensation to our dentists, doctors, associates uh, to be. For instance, it may be back to what we call restricted stock. Restricted stock, always an issue, always an option. Profits interests were just more flexible. Um, so we're seeing that. So we're seeing right now a lot of a lot of our dental and doctor clients actively going forward, considering gifting to take advantage of the larger exemption. Uh, they are now considering what to do with the practice entity S corporations, profits, interests. Are there things you can do now with this tax law uh, looming? Um, as I explained it, it's the train is in the tunnel. We hear the whistle. We see the light coming down the track. <laughs> um, and yes, uh, some things relatively straightforward, blocking and tackling, other things not. Um, as you get to the end of this year, if the tax laws are changed prospectively, retroactively, well, the, the, you're going to do the blocking and tackling of, of taxes, meaning um, uh, except if you know your taxes are going up next year, the rates are going up. It used to be you would defer income to the next year and accelerate deductions as you can. Well, quite frankly, it might be the reverse. <laughs> you, you accelerate income to a lower income tax this year, meaning get your bonuses, get your income, take more profit this year, and then defer deductions into a higher tax level. Think about that. You, you would stand on your head your year in tax plan. But I, I think to conclude, uh, Perrin, um, yeah, obviously, and you mentioned this, this is not something you do on yourself. I, I would not, I would no longer uh, put an implant, a tooth implant in my mouth than, than I would <laughs> anything else. Uh, and I leave that for my dentist. Um, dentists, our dental clients, our healthcare clients should not do this on their own. Certainly they know that. They need to consult their tax advisor, which can be a very good CPA, a tax attorney. Tax attorneys are lawyers and essentially accountants or both, uh, and your financial advisors, your insurance advisors, all the people that you should have and hopefully should have good relationships with, uh, your trusted advisors to help you navigate through these potential changes, Perry. Wow, this, is, uh, this has been a tour de force, Eric. I, I can't thank you enough um, for, uh, for your time and your expertise. It's uh, I'm going to be honest with you. It's a lot to digest. We went a lot deeper today um, than we did uh, with the the um, 
accounting firm, I'd Bailey, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and, and justifiably so. Different different format, slightly different um, uh, perspective, but this is uh, a, a lot to to take in. Um, and and <laughs> I'm the poster child, or DeWalker and I are poster children for the S corp um, uh, conundrum that you mentioned before. So this impacts us at Polaris every bit as much as it does. Um, our uh, our clients and, and our audience. But I, I really appreciate your time, your perspective, your experience, and, and the um, uh, words of wisdom that you've uh, you shared with the audience. It's unbelievably impactful, and I know we're all going to be better off for it. So, Eric, thank you so much for joining me today. Karen, my pleasure. Thank you again. You bet. We'll, we will have you back uh, on the show. I'm confident of that with maybe another update. Um, as things change or potentially as uh, they become enacted. So what, what might be good, parent, if I could, yeah, is we're getting closer to the end of the year. Once the crystal ball becomes more um, transparent so we can see these things, the congressional negotiations were, I think if this is going to pass this year, it'll be sometime in the fourth quarter. So uh, possibly September, I mean, October timeframe, and then we'll have a lot more detail of what we think is going to be enacted. That's a great idea. Yeah, uh, count on it. We will uh, we will make that happen and, and get it scheduled uh, accordingly. So thanks once again for uh, for being on with me today. Sincere thanks uh, and, and gratitude from all of us for that. So I hope all of you have found uh, Eric's overview um, more than just an overview. The detail that he shared to be uh, really informative and, and educational and gives you a lot to think about. I know it did me, and I'm the one hosting the show today. Uh, I hope you can also find a way or an area of your business to apply a lot of this. I'm confident that you can. For those who have questions around uh, any of what we've covered today or other topics um, around the uh, aspects of building and growing a group dental practice, please do send them my way. You can reach me directly at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. Stick around. We'll be right back with some additional thoughts and to wrap up the show. Once again, sincere thanks to Eric Doring, a partner at Burr and Foreman for his expertise and his time. He is a super busy guy and we got him for almost a full hour. Uh, and I am incredibly grateful uh, for his time and his expertise. He is a wealth of information and I know you all got a lot out of that. Uh, frankly, it's um, a bit overwhelming as I was Sitting on the podcast with him, I was trying not to think about our business too deeply and, and too thoroughly and trying to pay attention to what he was saying. But um, I can uh, probably relate to a lot of our audience in terms of how the mind wanders when you get an expert like that sharing that type of expertise. So hopefully you got as much out of it as I did. On a slightly lighter and maybe more fun front, um, I wanted to share one thing on the something new, noteworthy, and cool front. Uh, and that is um, about a series that I recently uh, binge watched on Netflix, uh, thanks to one of my clients. As many of you know, I don't watch too much television. I tend to watch sporting events in, in general, uh, and not too terribly many of those either. Um, but I don't tend to watch a lot of uh, series, if you will. And this one was uh, recommended to me by one of my clients and it's called f1 drive to survive and you can find it on netflix 
F1, of course, standing for Formula One. Um, some of you in the audience know, most of you probably don't, that I have a little bit of a sports car racing background and enjoyed um, doing some high performance driver education as an instructor for some of the car clubs out there for a number of years. And it was a, a passion play of mine for a number of years. And it was a great release um, from the, the frustrations and challenges of, of work and life, honestly. Uh, I tended to follow Formula One loosely. Um, I wouldn't say that it was appointment television, but I enjoyed watching Formula One. Um, it's a fascinating sport and very technology driven, as you can well imagine. Uh, those guys are, are fearless and uh, amazing in terms of what they do. But Formula One is a notoriously secretive um, uh, endeavor at all levels, individual as drivers, mechanics, team owners, and, and everything else. They are looking for uh, one-tenth of one percent as an edge, and they don't share information or anything behind the scenes hardly ever at all. And this series called F1, Drive to Survive, is about an inside look at a number of the drivers and team managers and a few team principals uh, behind some of the uh, top teams in Formula One, all the names that you know and love. And I had never uh, in my you know, uh, automotive uh, background or, or time ever known anything like this from the inside out. It is absolutely fascinating to see some of the internal team dynamics, some of the challenges involved, some of the heartbreak and sorrow, uh, as well as the uh, elation and emotion that is the spectacle of Formula One. Like I say, it's been through three seasons. If you start watching it, um, you are going to binge watch it. It is completely addictive. And it also takes you up through um, uh, the uh, global pandemic that was COVID-19 uh, and its impact on, on the the series, the Formula One series. Um, I would highly recommend it. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope they are in the middle of doing a fourth season because as soon as they do, I'll probably watch it in one or two sittings. It's it's really that good. So hopefully um, that'll be a nice diversion for, for some of you if you're looking for something for your, your viewing pleasure. Well, I had a, a lot of fun today on today's podcast. Like I say, it was a deep dive and it was a lot of information that came at me fast and furious. And I know it did you as well. But if you got a lot out of today's episode and the other episodes that we've recorded and published up to this point, please do leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And as I said before, if you've got questions, Feel free to submit them directly to me at perrin at polarishealthcarepartners.com. I'll try to read and answer them on an upcoming episode. And of course, you can find out more about who we are and what all we do on our website at www.polarishealthcarepartners.com. Thanks so much for being a listener and a subscriber. We'll catch you on the next episode.